is The Hill. Talking Rugby League with Sam Perry and Tim Sparks. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Tim Sparks and welcome to The Hill, a podcast where it is rugby league from The Hill. Not the stand or the media centre, but the hill, where the fan sits and where the fan stands, where the fan laughs and the fan cries, where the fan wins and the fan loses, where the fan sits and stares and sometimes thinks what could have been, where the fan screams, get him onside, or, well, it's about time we got one, a penalty that is, where the fan yells, you absolute beauty, you Butner, you Michael Butner. When their team goes over for a try. A place where more than anything, the fan enjoys their code and their club, no matter what the result. And that's where we are now, ladies and gentlemen. Not literally, of course, but figuratively on the hill, about to talk all things rugby league. And what a show I've got for you today. A huge finals show, that is, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we're talking qualifying finals review. We're talking semi-final preview. We're talking who would you rather be with a Kiwi finals flavor. We're talking a bit of history, which takes us back to 1987, and some questions or two from you good folk, the loyal listeners. So plenty to get through, but as always, as always, at the top of the show, uh, I read out a text message from my fellow co-host in spirit, because he's not here in person. Old mate Sam Perry, he gets in touch with me and says, G'day Tim, I happened to catch the last 15 minutes of last year's grand final recently. That six again decision was an absolute disgrace. If the code has any integrity, which it doesn't, it will arrange, in inverted commas, for the Raiders safe passage this week. It would only be small compensation for last year's gross injustice, but it's a start. Yeah, so it'll be, it would be a small compensation. Only small. Okay, but a start. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Hope you're well, mate. Enjoy walking through the cliches of teams bashing each other up the week off, etc. I've got no idea what's doing in the code. It's let me down too often. Well, Pezza, thanks for that. I hope you're okay is the first thing. You sound a bit unhappy. Um, I hope hope all is well. I'm sure all is well, but I guess just in relation to the code, I guess, you know, finals football. And, you know, I actually mean this with respect. It must be hard to not have a team. That is shit. And I do actually feel for you uh, on that. Because growing up as a kid, you know, your team uh, was well and truly in the thick of it. Either with a week off at this stage, you know, or maybe going up against the likes of Penrith or Brizzy or uh, something like that that the Bears were doing in the early 90s. So I do feel for you, mate. Um, You know, so I guess... Do what you can to stay in touch with the code, which is what you're doing. Um, Now, the six again disgrace you mentioned. Yep. I know. I'm I'm here for you. I know what you're saying. Uh, It was tough to swallow for the Raiders last year. Great article, though, uh, in the Herald this morning uh, on the Friday uh, from Andrew Webster. Just about Ben Cummins and sort of what he went through after the... After the grand final, uh, pretty full-on stuff uh, where he talks about just being really, you know, um, really depressed, really down, had to escape the country, um, having suicidal thoughts, all sorts of things that are um, really bad. Talking about the abuse his family gets. Uh, and Pezza and I have spoken about this off-air, so this isn't a shot at Pezza here before you think that. But um, interesting insight, I guess, um, yeah, if you want to if you want to have a look at that if you haven't already. One thing I really liked about the article actually was uh he talks about uh 
I guess, fronting the Raiders and going to the Raiders and saying that the, the Raiders were actually really good to him about it and said that, you know, it wasn't, you know, his fault and they had their opportunities and it was only one decision. Uh, so that's pretty, that's pretty cool. That's pretty honorable of the Raiders. And to be honest, I'd expect nothing less really, uh, from that club. So there you go. Uh, Pez, a good segue into that. And, uh, and thanks for the text, mate. Now listen up everyone. Um, semi-final football. Okay. So look, just want to address my structures and my systems around the podcast for today. Uh, like really tempted really tempted with it being semi-final to go, you know, just keep doing what you've been doing. You know, everything's been working so far, you know, all your systems and your structures, he got you to the finals. So keep going through with them. Don't change a thing. Uh, so I, I had that in the back of my head, but in the, in the front of my head or the other side of my head, uh, I was thinking, well, you know, finals football, it's a new competition. It's a new game. So therefore, you know, we're going to have to, you know, just make some little alterations just to get a little bit better. So, what I'm going to do, what I'm saying in a roundabout way is that I'm going to give you a preview of the games coming up this week, but also going to give you a quick review of last week, mostly because there's only two games to preview, you know, and I don't think you, I don't think you're here for 15 minute previews of two games. I don't think you're here for, for sitting through half an hour of Sparks, you know, clawing over uh, who's going to win on Friday and Saturday night. I don't think you're here for that, okay? But you might be here for a couple of minutes of a review here and there over the last four games, uh, and, then, and then a bit of a preview later on in the show, all right, as we build into uh, the rounds uh, the semi-final, sorry, not the rounds, the semi-final games heading into the weekend. Okay, so look, that's that's how we're going to do it. Uh, happy for feedback as always. Really uh, happy for feedback. If you if you're not happy with that, if you think you know you've that I've strayed from your structures, uh, but I guess you can wait to the end of the show. Let's wait to the end of the show. We can all judge it uh, from there. Now. I'm not going to talk origin as well. Just something from the top. Okay, I'm not going to. I'm not going to talk about it. Few things on that. Uh, one, uh, the origin chat in the finals is really throwing me. I've just got to say, you know, um, I'm just fresh off the back of listening to six tackles with Gus this morning, and they're, 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 in one moment they're talking about you know the the semi final semi final football. The next breath we're talking about origin selection. And it's just doing my head in. It's really difficult to sort of uh, keep with the rhythms of the season. You know, I know we're, we're all out of rhythm this season. You know, we're playing finals into October, which for me, as someone, you know, that errs on the side of liking structure around my life, uh, finding it a little bit difficult to deal with. All right, so that's one reason I'm, I'm just going to stay out of the origin stuff because it's just, you know, it, it'll really, you know, do my head in. And God knows what will happen to the cast and the structures there. Uh, but also out of respect for the semi-finalists. You know, we've got we've got four teams this week, and two teams that have earned a week off. I really feel we should be, you know, paying credit to them uh, instead of, you know, looking too far down the track uh, in New South Wales, Queensland. Okay, so that's, that's, that's that. Okay, I just wanted to address that at the top. Um... Because yeah, it's it's it, it's enough to be you know we we, sh- we should be starting to talk about a bit of fifty over state cricket in October, you know that's what I'd usually be looking at kicking back on it maybe a Saturday morning a ten thirty start or something like that these days Hurstville Oval New South Wales versus Western Australia something like that settling back into that you know the footy's done you know the emotion and the 
the roller coaster of the footy season would usually be, you know, one and done by now. And settling back into a bit of, you know, just 50 over limited overs. Sky blue, you know, yellow shirts for WA. And just, just settling into that, calming down, getting ready for the summer. But when we're not, you know, and look, I'm grateful for it. Don't tell me, don't think I'm not grateful for it, but it's really throwing me. Uh, really dawned on me when I was watching NRL 360 with Daylight Saving on. Like that was just, that really did my head in. That happened Monday. We've had pretty shit weather down here uh, the last couple of days, which has actually sort of helped it a little bit with the with the 360 situation. Because, uh, you know, you know, I love my programs. You know that, you know, Pez is not here to wind me up about it, but we all know I'm into the programs. I watch a lot of them. Uh, but I do, you know, I, I do question it sometimes. I think, you know, what are you listening to, you know, James Hooper, Phil Rothfield and Paul Crawley drone on about now? Like, what are you wasting your life and your, your precious moments on earth? listening to these blokes, you know, badger on about the code. Uh, it's it's easy to just easier to justify that when you look out the window and she's dark and it's probably pretty cold and it's no good to be outside anyway you know so you can sort of justify it a bit but cute Monday Monday looked out the window sun's still shining beautiful like you know beautiful evening daylight saving light first day of daylight saving uh, but I was in there watching 360 so you know that 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 threw me a little bit rattled me a little bit had to ask a few questions internally. Uh, and just, yeah, just thought I'd address that that's, that's where things are at, but nonetheless, nonetheless, it's finals football and we, you know, not only do we push on, but we push forward. All right. So yeah, the structures, what are we going to do? Well, let's, let's do a quick review, a quick wrap. So we know what happened and just have a quick chat about it. Uh, Raiders 32, Cronulla 20, uh, actually no Panthers 29, Roosters 28 in the first, uh, first I guess, what was that, qualifying final. Uh, great game of football. Gr- loved it. Real, just, I was, that was just semifinals football to a T. Loved it. You know, you had the new young challenger uh, that was, you know, uh, coming, coming through, you know, um, in Penrith against, you know, the old champion, in the Roosters that had a few questions asked about them and they both delivered, you know, in my opinion, they both delivered, you know, the question on the, on the Panthers was, can they do it against the big teams? Can they do it when the big teams put them under pressure? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. And yes, they did. The Roosters, you know, they got belted 60 odd to eight or whatever it was the week before. Can they bounce back, get their heads back on and, um, and push forward. Yes, they can. And yes, they did. And it went down 29-28. Really impressed with heaps of that. Uh, You know, Penrith just, yeah, Penrith great across the park. Um, And yeah, Roosters, really good. Really, um, really good game. Good to see it at Penrith Park too. Uh, Really, you know, I was, I was really, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. Um, so Penrith obviously enjoy the week off and good luck to them. They'll put the feet up, uh, for the weekend, uh, and the Chooks will play the Raiders, but we'll get to that in the preview section a bit later. Uh, you're not going to, not going to, uh, not going to labor over this. Just so you know, we'll sort of fly through this Raiders 32, Cronulla 20. Uh, yeah, that was an interesting sort of game. Like credit to Cronulla for coming out of the blocks. 
And what were they? They were up 12-0 or 14-0 or, or something like that early on, as all the underdog teams were, as you know, as is it, everyone's talked about this week. Uh, but it always looked like the Raiders were going to come back. It was actually on a WhatsApp thread with Pezza, uh, a couple of other listeners, Adrian Leung, Ben Shine. And I think when it was maybe 14-8 or something like that to the Sharks, I said, this game has, you know, 38-14 to the Raiders written all over it, at which, you know, I was scoffed at a little bit. And uh, and then just I just rode it home when it was 32-14. I thought, oh, you absolute ripper, you know, because it's not often I tip something right. Um, so to get to almost get it was a an honorary victory. Is that what that was? Is that what it's called? Honor? It's not called an honorary victory. A moral victory, maybe. Anyway, uh, nonetheless, I don't know the Raiders. The Raiders just looked like they were a team that just knew they were going to win. You know, they just they just rolled up. Did what they had to do. Were caught off guard a little bit early on, I think. Um, and yeah, once they and they didn't have any ball, did they? I mean, they didn't have any ball for pretty much the first half. As soon as they got some ball, the Sharks' defense was um, exposed, and and that was that was all she wrote there. So I guess the rate is doing enough, but for mine, unconvincing. Pretty unconvincing. Apparently, Gus Gould said somewhere during the week, he's like, you had to be there to know how bad the Raiders were. Well, I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly how bad they were. Anyone that was there, get in touch with the show and let us know. Because if you were there, you'd know, according to Gus, uh, how bad they were. But yeah, I, I definitely thought they weren't great. But again, one of the qualities of a good side is winning when you play poorly. Isn't that right? You know, the, all the good teams can do that. You know, they turn up. Not at their best, but they still find a way to win. Uh, and that's what that's what Canberra did. So good on them. Uh, I've got to mention, actually, I'll be I'll be doing the, the management consultant review of Newcastle and Cronulla somewhere in the show too. I think I failed to mention that at the top of the show. So if you've just tuned in for that, don't you worry. It's coming up later. Uh, Saturday night, Melbourne beat Para in what I thought was a really good game of football. I really enjoyed that. 36-24. Uh, Para were good. I thought Para were good. You know, I'm, I'm gonna. St- I, I mentioned this a lot last week that never has a team in my in my in my uh, memory cop such a hiding from everyone for finishing third, gaining a home final, gaining the second chance with a double chance, um, and just being absolutely howled at. So you know, I thought I thought Para were good. They you know turned up to. To Suncorp and yeah, good gave a good account of themselves. Sevo went down early. That that really really hurt them. I thought that try uh, that I think no Gutherson ended up scoring it. Gutherson started it. You know the one I'm talking about. Gutherson to Jennings, Jennings to Ferguson, Ferguson to Jennings, Jennison to Gutherson. Outstanding. I just loved that. I thought there was so much good in that. I thought Gutherson was really really smart to get the ball wide early. You know, which shows some good football smarts. Jennings, it just had football written all over it, you know. Um, Jennings' pace and it got down. But Ferguson timed his run beautifully. He just held his spot on the sideline and waited and waited and waited and then came back underneath Jennings, uh, which is underrated, I reckon, sometimes as far as ball running goes. You know, I, I still think sometimes, you know, ball players get so much criticism thrown at them. Uh because sometimes the ball runners aren't where they where they should be. I uh, talk about the Tigers. Tiger corner is not happening again, out of respect. But you know, two of the most under, or a couple of the most underrated guys uh, in the 2005 Grand Final for the West Tigers 
Uh, well, Pat Richards was rated because he got that try, but Shane Elford, Paul Fatawira, um, and I guess Pat Richards to a lesser extent, Daniel Fitzhenry, just really... And probably leave Richards out of that because he was super talented. But we go Fatawira, Fitzhenry, and Elford were well, they weren't flashy guys, you know, they weren't necessarily the fastest guys, but they knew where to run and they knew where to be. Uh, and that's why Benji was able to look so good. And, you know, I think almost all of those guys, barring Fitzhenry, retired either the next year or even in 05 they didn't come back and then the Tigers slumped and it wasn't talked about a lot then he had a lot of young guys running outside of him and it just wasn't the same because they didn't they you know they didn't hold their spot where they should have or they didn't run into the um they didn't run the, the right line and anyway it was just a really good example of that with Ferguson holding up and then going oh, I, I really liked that uh but Melbourne were good. Melbourne were good. And, you know, that shouldn't be a surprise to us. And they made the preliminary final. Uh, I know it does happen from time to time, but it's not often Melbourne lose preliminary finals. I'm not here to tell you the exact stat on that, sadly. But they look pretty good. And the thing I realise is they're still doing that without Dale Finucan. You know, so... I think he might come back for the preliminary final. And they just look... You know, they they look even stronger after that. You know, they've already got Sofa Solomona, Bromwich, Bromwich, Welch, and Kafusi is their starting pack with Smith. And then they've got Brandon Smith um, and then Tino on the bench already. Throw in Finucane, which I guess probably shifts Welch back to the bench, probably, you'd imagine. Uh Maybe Yusofa Solomona if they want to use him as an impact player, but that just becomes that whole lot harder, doesn't it? Uh, with him there. Yeah, their centers, you know, uh, particularly um, with Branko Lee. I'd, sounds like they're going to back him in. Um, and, you know, pa- Para tried to expose it, but, you know, good on the storm for winning. And then Sunday Arvo, semi-final football, stage was set, looked really good. Uh, was talking to a couple of people about uh, Pezza in, in, included in this conversation. ANZ, just, ANZ, as a guy that's, you know, mid-30s now, um, started to get a bit of a nostalgic feel around it. You know, it's not the bright, shiny um, piece of work it used to be, you know, and it's almost, you know, and I've never liked Homebush, you know, one of the famous lines, you know, Nick Giacomini, I don't know if you still listen to this show, you probably don't, when he went up to Steve Noyce, who was the then CEO of the West Tigers after a game and said, there's no home in Homebush, uh, to which Noyce really enjoyed. Um, you know, we always felt that way about Homebush, like that it was just, it was just a bit of a, it was, you know, there was, what was it? they used to call it the hotel, you know, nobody's home. Like it just didn't, didn't feel like anything. Uh, I guess it was so far out of the, the city and it was such a nightmare to get to. Because um, once you were in there, it's not too bad a viewing. The viewing's not too bad. But anyway, uh, what was I saying? They're just starting to have a bit of a nostalgic feel around it. You know, it's sort of, what is it? It's over, well, it's over 20 years old, I guess. Um, you know, so... Yeah, just just had that bit of a nostalgic feel around it. I don't know. A couple of, you know, sort of, you know, Heartland teams, South and Newcastle. I mean, I was pumped for it, you know. I put it up on the social media. You know that. Uh, You responded to that. Um, So I'm not saying anything new here, but, I was, you know, you see see Newcastle go out to that lead two at the start. Uh, Thought we're on for a game, but then 
the Rabbits just played, you know, they just played the football they've been playing. Really enjoyed it, I guess, from, from the Bunnies' perspective. Just, again, Cody Walker, there isn't many better to watch. Um, I think I heard someone sort of refer to sort of South sort of playing almost like touch football. Like, they, they almost play like touch footballers. Um, and that was a compliment they were saying. But, yeah, I just sort of liked the like the idea. I was, I was watching this YouTube clip of a baseball coach uh, during the week, um, you know, for some other stuff I do outside the podcast. And the guy was saying that whoever plays catch best wins. He's saying, you know, when you play catch, you know, don't think of it of just, you know, throwing a ball and catching. He's like, you know, work on your skill and execute and all that sort of stuff. And he goes, you know, uh, the, the team that actually plays catch the best uh, usually wins the baseball game. And I just sort of think that, like, you know, ultimately, probably the team that plays touch football the best might win the footy game. I don't know. Especially these days, or this year, with the new six again rule, just guys that, are, you know, they're just, you know, ball skills, doing things at pace, backing up, talking. Oh, talking of talking, man. How lippy was everyone in that Melbourne and Parra game? That's what I wanted to say. Bloody hell. There was some lip out there from those guys. The referee didn't... Fuck, he would have had an earache at the end of it. Uh, I just thought it was just lippy everywhere. I don't know if that's a strength or a weakness for Para. I'll get to that later, actually. I'll get to that in the preview segment. I just wanted to... That got me thinking. But anyway, yeah, just wonder if it's, you know, the team that plays touch the best wins. I don't know. Just a thought. Uh, but yeah, I mean, South's just far too good for Newcastle. And, and Newcastle, at the end, probably were, were pretty disappointing. But I'll get to that in the the consultant part that's your review all right just in case you needed it i don't know if you did uh if you if if you if you disliked that spark stick to the your new structures of just being a preview show get in touch on the usual channels and hit me up uh if you if you didn't like that you'll be sure to like this who would you rather be time ladies and gentlemen here we go now How do I intro this? Well, I'm just going to intro it simply. I'm going to ask you, who would you rather be? Sean Hoppy or Sean Kenny Dow? There you have it. Couple of Seans, couple of Kiwis. Uh, that did feature uh, in, in, in semi-final football for their respective clubs. You know, so I've sort of strayed, again, talking of systems and structures, strayed a little bit Uh from what I usually do, or what we usually do with who would you rather be, because it's usually former players, but I found out Kenny Dale's still playing for Hull Kingston Rovers. So put simply, if 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 you want to be still playing the code, you know, you, you're going to be Sean Kenny Dow, aren't you? If you, if you still want to be running around the, the places like Hull, in the north of England, playing the code maybe in the centres or on the wing, uh, then you're going to be Kenny Dow straight up. If you want to be sitting back in your retirement, looking back on your career... You know, having a look at your milestones and things like that that you don't look at while you're playing, but after you played and you, when you finish and you got your feet up, then you're going to be hoppy, I guess. You know, so that's that's probably one thing um, to ask yourself. But you know, if you can't make your mind up there, if you're still unsure, you're like, oh, I'm not sure. I don't know if I want to be retired or still playing the code. I don't know what. Well, ask yourself this: Do you want to play 226 games for the Roosters? Want to play in some grand finals with the Roosters? Want to win a comp with the Roosters? Did he win a comp with the Roosters? I'm pretty sure he did. 2010, 2010 Saints beat... Mm, maybe he didn't. 
The fact check me on that. Definitely played in grand finals. Definitely scored the try on the bell to sink the Tigers in 2010. In just oh, that brings up some bad memories. My goodness. Um, but you got all those. You got 123 tries for the for the for the Chooks there as well. You know, you head up to Newcastle for 53 games. Play for the Novacastrians. Don't think you're playing any finals, but you get to sort of be part of Nathan Brown's rebuild. Uh, 21 test matches for the Kiwis. So, I mean, if you're a Kiwi, you're going to want to play those test matches. But, but, on the other side of the coin, you want to start your, your New South Wales Rugby League career with the Canberra Raiders in 1992. Have 39 games there. Don't feature in, in finals for your first year, but you play finals uh, in 93. Then you go on to play for the Bears. G'day Pezza, you know? 1994. Probably should have gone a bit further without the Bears in 94, I think. But, you know, that's for Pezza to talk about. And I'm not going to disrespect him by saying things like that. Uh, Auckland Warriors, 88 games. You know, you get a real good, you know, you're playing Auckland as a Kiwi in their inaugural season. Um, and then he finished your career in St. Helens. So if you're really after some sort of some, some UK rugby league, we don't know how Kenny Dow's going to finish up there, but you, you sort of got that either way. Uh, and then Hoppy's giving you 35 test matches for your country. So it's all hypothetical here for me because I'm not a Kiwi, but I'm just going to sort of imagine that you get to play for your country. Um, you know, and it's, it's a similar kind of thing to representing Australia as representing Kiwi, if you're a Kiwi. I'm going to be hoppy, mostly for the fact that I'm, I, I couldn't, because I, I couldn't do what Sean Kenny Dow did to the Tigers in getting that intercept try off Liam Fulton and running into the corner and scoring in the corner exactly where I was sitting with Pezza and a few other people to absolutely oh, shatter us Tigers fans. I mean, we, we thought we had that game won and done. We, I went back and looked at that game, and guess what? Yeah, bloody goal kicking yet again, and one from four or something like that. Anyway, I don't want to I don't want to digress into that because I'll only get upset. Um, but I just couldn't do that to myself. Like I I couldn't be Sean Kenny Dow taking the intercept, running down, and then seeing myself. Um, you know, sort of 10 rows back in that corner of the SFS, the old SFS now, rest its soul, um, and, and, and doing that to, to, to not only the Tigers, but myself as a fan, like that would just be, that would be, you know, madness. I couldn't do that to myself. So I'm going to be Hoppy, Sean Edward Hoppy, as it turns out. That's a great career. 95 kilos he was as a winger. So, he, yeah, it's funny that... I wonder if the Bears threw a lot of money at him. I wonder if the Bears threw... It'd be interesting to know if the Bears threw money and chased him or the Raiders, um, you know, sort of allowed him to leave. I don't know what happened there. Canberra's are, were unwilling to sign... Well, according to Wikipedia, Canberra Raiders were unwilling to sign Hoppy for just one more year. Ah, right. No, so 93, so he announced that he'd go to, to the Warriors in 95. So Warriors were already building their side for 95, and they'd obviously identified Hoppy and a few other Kiwis that are already playing um, in the comp. Ah, so he's so he's told them, I'm going to go there in 95, because he was Raiders Rookie of the Year in 92. Uh, this is when Tim Sheens used to like go over to the Pacific and to New Zealand and just, you know, Look for look for talent, I guess, particularly big guys um, playing in the outside backs. Uh, so the Raiders didn't want to sign him just for the one year, but the Bears were willing to. Interestingly, um, 
which is, yeah, more interesting given the fact that North Sydney lost to the Raiders in the grand final qualifier. Because I think that would, that might have been Ken Nagus's first year because Nadruka was on the other side. Anyway, look, I'm still going to be hoppy. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some, some Roosters fans out there that are all over Kenny Dow. And I, you know, I never had a problem with Kenny Dow. He, 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 you know, he didn't have all the attributes that sometimes um, other players did, but far out, man. He's played like about 280 games. You know, that's, there's, there's something in that. There's something good in that. I listened to this podcast um, interview, uh, talking with TK it is, uh, with, I think it's Kurt Wrigley who does like this coaching. Well, he does a lot of coaching these days. And he, he's just said something interesting. He's like, almost all the guys in the, in the NRL that make it to the top, to the top level, they're not actually the most talented guys. They're just the most determined and the most hardworking. And he said in his experience, he just, you know, that's, they're, they're the ones who get there. So they sort of understand, um, understand that. Anyway, Kenny Dow was probably one of those guys and good on him and nothing against him, but I just couldn't do what he did to the Tigers. So I'm Sean Hoppy. Who would you rather be? That's, that's the question I'm asking you here. All right. What are we going to get to now? Uh, what did I, well, I promised you a bit of history. I promised you a preview. I promised you uh, a review of the Knights and the Sharks. Okay, how about we do, because, yeah, a bit of history sort of goes back. We just went back in time a little bit with Sean Hoppy. How about we get back into the present? I'll, I'll, I'll put my management consultant hat on, as I did last week, uh, with the sides that missed the eight. And I, I, what I'm doing is I'm giving uh, the each, as the teams finish their season, I'm giving them uh, the compliment sandwich, which is a, a tried and tested technique, supposedly, in management circles, where you offer up a compliment. Uh, then that's that's the first piece of bread. Then the meat of the sandwich is all the criticism. And then the final piece of bread is another good compliment. All right, so I uh, got the Knights up first. All right, so in you come, Newcastle. Uh, thanks for joining me. You know, you probably had your your Mad Monday. I know it's unofficial probably because, you you know, they ban the Man Mondays and things like that. But uh, you're probably wrapping up your season and that sort of stuff. So thanks for making time and coming in here. Just here to give you a bit of feedback on the season. Um, look, just start off and just say, yeah, look, really well done. You know, first finals uh, appearance in, what was it? I think seven years. So look, you know, got to be happy with that. You, you guys were, um, as far as the ladder goes and as far as, um, yeah, making the finals goes, you got that a little bit better. Didn't make the finals the last few years, gotten a bit better. Um, Mr. O'Brien doing it in your first season. Really well done. Um, I just called him Mr. O'Brien then because I couldn't remember if it was Adam or Aaron. I mixed those guys up, the former cricketer. Anyway, um, first final season in seven years. Really well done. Uh, you know, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's positive. That's progress. Uh, however, I'm going to talk about your jerseys to start with. Can you get rid of the tradie jersey all the time? I don't think it's any good for you. You know, um, I, I get the link to the to the mining industry and stuff in Newcastle. Get it's important. Guess I get you want to honour those guys. You probably get a bit of money from them. Sweet. Just do it once. Once a year. Wear that high-vis jersey. Sure. Dip your lid to the, to the tradies. All good. Don't make it your away jersey or whatever it was. It's, I don't think it's any good. 
You know, I don't think it resonates with people. You got to have your blue and your red and make it strong, you know, and really think about bringing back those checkered shorts. Just really have a think about that. Uh, you know, it, it's important, that stuff, you know, don't overlook it. Don't, don't think that these guys are, oh, they're just professional blokes and they'll play in anything. It's not the case, you know, um, it's not the case. They're people. We're not robots. Yeah. All right. So have a look at that. Um, whilst you're doing that, just, just have a think about, did you actually, I know you made the finals. I get that. And look, I'm, you know, I know it might be sounding a bit harsh here, but it's my job. It's what they've employed me. They've asked me to come in and, and give you some stuff. Did you actually really get better? You know, we kept hearing that, oh, well, you know, under O'Brien, he's a hard worker. And, you know, I, I know you've been at the Melbourne system. I know you've been at the Roosters. And they're saying you're implemented this new hardness to them. And they're... Were they? Like, very up and down again, as as they were when they had a pretty similar side under Nathan Brown. Um, I just, I'm not convinced that, that that they became harder or more disciplined or more consistent, which just leads me to think it's the players, you know, and there's a couple of other clubs rolling around the NRL that I think have the same problem that, you know, no matter what the coach does, it's ultimately going to fall on the players. You know, so I, I do get that as well. And so maybe some decisions need to be made around some of the players, you know, because you can you can get new guys in and you can put people around them in order to think they might change. But I don't think people really do. You know, I, I and you know, look, I understand you're unlucky with Blake Green going down. I think if he stays on the park, I think things are very different for you guys. So look, you know, it's you've you've clearly identified that as something you needed to do was bring in a leader and um, bring in someone like that. And you did, and it was looking good and he got injured. So look, um, I get that as well. I get that as well. But it, I think it, if there's one thing that, that, that you guys taught us, you know, was that it's, it's really the players and, you know, I just wonder, I don't think it was a real coincidence that, you know, you blokes got towed up 46 to 20 or whatever it was in a semi and then David Clemmer missed the missed the origin side the week after, you know? And I, I, know, I know you guys don't report on the statistics and things like that in league. I know that's not your job, but gee, don't people misreport statistics? I mean, surely, you know, you guys would understand that. I'm talking to you guys, the coaching staff, and, you know, um, you know, Matt Gidley, you played the game as well. You know what I'm talking about here. Um you know, when guys just, people just want to talk about running meters and things like that, it's not a true reflection of how they played, is it? You know, it doesn't actually say when they ran, you know, where they, where they ran to, you know, what point in the game, what point in the set, who they ran at, who they tackled, all that sort of stuff. You know that, you know, people sort of talk about Clemmer and his running meters. You know, it's not, not always a full story, is it? But anyway, that's up to you guys to to do. Um, and just to finish on some good stuff, you know, is, is you've got um, you've got Frizzell coming, don't you? So that's I think that's a really good inclusion. Um, you know, and he's a bloke that I think, you know, will really, really sort of actually buy into to what you're trying to do as a coach because um, he's a competitor. Um, 
and by all by all reports, he's, he really trains well and all that sort of stuff. So look, there's some stuff to to, to look forward to, I guess. And you know, all we can look for next year is just to get bit, get a bit better again, isn't it? You know, maybe make the second week of the, the finals. You know, and we're starting to we're starting to move forward. So thanks, Newcastle. Thanks for your time, and you know, all in all, not a bad season. Uh, Cronulla Sharks, Johnny Morris, how are you, mate? I've got no idea who's running the show down there. Um, I think you guys have had about five CEOs in the last two years. So whoever it is, bring them in. Um, and let's have a quick chat and talk about the season. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm giving you the sandwich, all right? So a bit of positivity, then some constructive stuff, some feedback, and then a bit more um, positivity to end it. So to start with, look, you made the finals, guys. Well done. You know, good work. As I said last week on the cast, if you listen, not sure if you do, Johnny. Uh, I just said full credit to you guys. You know, you, you made the finals. I know, you know, there was some criticism around, um, you know, the teams you beat and all that sort of stuff. Doesn't matter. You made the finals, so really well done. And I got to say, just from a club's perspective, uh, I had a bit of a look into this. And ever since your grand final win of what's about three or four years ago, now you guys have made the finals every year since. And that's that's actually a real credit to your club uh, that we don't always sort of talk about. You know, a lot of the time over the course of history in rugby league, you know, teams will win a grand final. Uh, and then they'll be happy with it, and they'll just sort of drop off, not make the eight the next year, and then, you know, sort of go missing for a couple of years and don't come back for a while. But you guys have been able to stay consistent uh, throughout that time, make the finals, sometimes go deep in the finals, um, and still still have the ability to sort of regenerate, you know, your roster as well at the same time. Uh, so, like, that's that's really well done. Good on you guys. Um, now, obviously, obviously, look, you couldn't beat a top eight side. That's something you're going to have to address. I think it started to play in your minds a little bit towards the end of the season. I think it maybe became a little bit mental. And once you thought, well, you knew you'd qualified, the, you know, I think the last couple of games, you, you probably took, you know, the foot off the pedal a little bit and sort of just conceded maybe a little bit. Uh, that Look, I'm not saying that's what happened. It's just my perception, you know. Um, but yeah, you know, Stating the obvious to you, you blokes know better than me. You're obviously going to have to try and beat those sides that are above you. Um, you know, if you're to be better next year. Um, that's all I can... I, I'm, look, I'm not going to be too critical of you otherwise because uh, you had a pretty pretty young side, uh, lots of injuries. Uh, sounds like you're trying to do something about Matt Moylan. Yep, probably be a good idea. If you found a way for him to, to head somewhere else, I don't know who's going to want him. Sort of same for Dugan. Uh, understand Dugan probably gives you a bit of experience. Uh, if you listen to earlier parts of my podcast, you would have heard me talk about guys like uh, Paul Fatawira, Shane Elford. Uh, Dugan offers that kind of stuff at this point of his career, I think, just experience. Um, you know, I know he was more talented than those guys. Uh, but yeah, look, I think if you guys could get, get rid of them. You probably got um, a bit more room to maybe. You probably, yeah, you're probably gonna need a bit more experience up front too. Uh, look, I'll just finish off with a couple of young guys. I like really like the look of Connor Tracy. Well done there. Um, really enjoyed watching him play. Uh, Will Kennedy at the back was pretty good too. Uh, you know, if the father and son rule would be in place, he'd be at the Tigers, I guess. But you know, good to see him going well at Cronulla. Um. Yeah, a couple of your young young forwards. Hamney Welly had a good season. Well done to him. Um. 
And yes, Yoni Katoa on the wing uh, had a good good t- good season too. Sorry, trying to find some stats here as I talk to you guys. Sixteen tries, really well done to Sioni. Um And look, you did it. You did, you did it uh, without a home ground. You know, playing out at Cogra there, which I know you don't like. I know you're not happy with, but you you, you managed. Uh, so you know, all in all, Cronulla, pretty good. Pretty good. Go and enjoy the off season. Catch you later. Thanks for being with us. All right, that was my wrap of the the Knights and the Sharks. I'll continue to do that um, wrap as we move forward, uh, as, you know, teams bow out. So, which leads me into... Oh, no, it doesn't actually lead me into the preview. I'm going to do that at the end. Leads me into a bit of history. Uh, Okay, so what I thought I would do this week with a bit of history... Well, what led me to a bit of history was... The Roosters playing the Raiders at the Sydney Cricket Ground in a semi-final. Now, I'm sure that didn't happen last year. Um, no, good, it didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually check that. Uh, the last time, so it didn't happen last year. So I was like, does that ever happen before in the, you know, I always like to look at semi-finals uh, like where it's never happened before. And you can, someone picked me up if I'm wrong, but actually the Rabbits first Newcastle semi-final, that was a bit of history last week. That's the first time that ever happened. Um, and I think Parramatta South, so you've got to go back a long way. I couldn't find any Paris South semi-finals for a long time. Anyway, point is, I didn't think the Roosters in Canberra may have played at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Boy, was I wrong. Believe it or not, they have played at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Not only they played at the Sydney Cricket Ground in, in a semi-final or a final, they actually played each other at the Sydney Cricket Ground in a final twice in the same year. Now that year was 1987, so that would have been 82, 83, 84, 85, 86. That would have been Canberra's sixth season uh, in the competition. Um, and yeah, it was back in those days where all the semi-finals were played in Sydney. So all all the semi-finals. Uh, at that point in time, were played, uh, yeah, at the SCG. So, the first game, or the first one, in what was then called, I think, the major semi-final. Um, where have I got this? 82. Because it was an interesting... The thing that was interesting, in some ways, about this in 87, was that, um, like, East was strong in the late 70s, and then in the early 80s, maybe like 1980, 81... Maybe 82, they might have made the finals. Uh, but after that, they were pretty ordinary. Like, they didn't, you know, they didn't make the, the semifinals. Uh, you know, the only time they made the semifinals after, I think, 82 or 83 was 1987. Like, they didn't make it 86, 85, 84. They didn't make it in 88 or 89. And then they went on a... They continued to go on that lean patch uh, into the early 90s. But 87, uh, for whatever reason, uh, they actually came second in the, in the competition, um, and yeah, they, they earned themselves like what we call now the double chance and all that sort of stuff. Um, where, where if you, if you lost, um, in the first week of the finals, what am I looking at here? 87. Yeah. Why are the roosters? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, so first week, uh, East's. East won 25-16. And so, just so you know, just to get to sort of 
give yourself some context around what's happening here. 1987, the, the eventual premiers were Manly. Manly were also the minor premiers. Uh, top point scorer was Ross Conlon from Balmain because Balmain were, were, were very strong uh, in the 80s despite not winning a, a premiership. Peter Sterling, he was like the Rothmans medal, the Dalian winner, and the Rugby League Players Player of the Year. Like He was killing it Like as Parramatta were really strong. And Terry Lamb was the uh, top point scorer. But weirdly, uh, both Canterbury and Parra missed the finals that year. Uh, which was pretty rare uh, for the 80s. St. George also missed it too, which again was rare for the 80s. Um, But you had East come in second. And so they played at the cricket ground. Yeah, in the first round of the finals uh, where, you know, both both teams, if if you're... you know, it wasn't an elimination. So Canberra lost 25-16. We're sort of talking, what are we talking? Like, we're talking here for Canberra. We're talking Wayne Bennett coaching. Uh, and that side was like Chris O'Sullivan at six, Kevin Walters at seven, Sam Bacco, uh, Steve Walters, Dean Lance is the captain. Ivan Henjack's playing in the centers. Peter Jackson is playing in the centers for Canberra. Um, East, like all sorts of things are happening. You're looking at Trevor Gilmeister, um, playing second row with the number nine on his back. That's the, that's the bit of history I really need to address. That's something that's been bugging me so often. So prior to, I think, I think 1989, they switched it around. So forward packs used to be in reverse, if you didn't know this. I'm sure a lot of people do, but I'm sure some people may not as well, uh, in that the lock wore number eight, the second rowers wore nine and 10, the front row wore uh, 11 or 13, the hooker wore 12. And I think it switched in 89. And I think the reason it switched was something to do with lining up with the Northern Hemisphere. But I don't know like which, which, like which, well, I guess Australia changed to go with England, which would have been the international, maybe Australia broke away at the start and did their own thing. But it's weird. I don't know why they changed it. Um, and it's really tricky to see like guys like Steve Walters with a number 12 on his back. Then you got Trevor Gilmeister with a number nine playing second row for East. In an... Get your head around that. Trevor Gilmeister, number nine, City Ford East jersey at the SCG, playing extremely well too. Steve Morris, who's the Morris boys' um, father, playing on the wing there for East. Um, Laurie Spina, who I don't know heaps about, was a Queenslander that played really well. Arthur Beetson's coaching uh, Easts. Anyway, 25-6. The Roosters are the overwhelming favourites. They win 25-16. And in that grand final, I watched some highlights of it, uh, Steve Slippery-Morris, he scores his try, but it's just a clear knock on. Like, just an absolute... He knocks... Going for a high ball, kick knocks on, uh, then just picks the ball up and scores again try. You know, so... If, if the Raiders felt they were unlucky, uh, you know, back then, uh, sorry, last year, well, you know, it was happening in 87 too. Um, you know, East got the penalty count 7-6 in that game. Uh, and East win 25-16. Uh, but anyway, September 20 rolls around and it's now the, what is the preliminary final, which is the final. Mal Meninga comes back in, jumper number 21. Uh, what else is going on? Glenn Lazarus is coming off the bench in, in, in jumper number 23. So I think they were without Meninga and Lazarus in that first round. They come back um, and it's 32-24 uh, to the Raiders, like six tries to four. Uh, Mal Meninga toe-poking, all sorts of good stuff happening. Um, bloke called Trevor Patterson in jersey 50 coming off the bench for the Roosters. 
uh, the SCG with a sort of beaten up cricket ground happening. Um, things went the Raiders' way. So I was sort of looked for, I couldn't find a replay. I actually, I could only find a full replay of that. There was some good stuff happening, I tell you. Some good tries, tries as well, like, you know, high scoring game. And I'm just thinking, you know, Raiders 32, Roosters 24. Got a bit of a ring to it when we think it's all high scoring games of last year. So, you know, a lot of tries being scored, some through the middle too, uh, just with some quicker players. Um, and you know we just might have a thing to, to, to tonight. You know, if the Raiders, you know, get a bit of a bit of a um, bit of a roll on, you know, on the Roosters, the Roosters were the favourites, um, as they are again tonight. Raiders start rolling over them. Just could be a couple of ghosts of nine eighty seven. You know, just start to think about that when you're having a look. If the Raiders are getting on top, well, just a couple of ghosts of eighty seven. You know, couple of couple of uh, ghosts of you know Ivan Henjak playing at halfback with number three on his back in nineteen eighty seven. Gary Coyne, Dean Lance, you know? Didn't I tried to find something really like controversial that happened in the in the final. The only one I could happen in the first one was that the Roosters, you know, and if you see something going the Roosters' way, well just say, well, it went the Roosters' way last year. Went the Roosters' way in 87. Like, when's it our turn? When's it our turn? And if you see something happen that goes the Raiders' way, maybe it's due. Maybe you're due. And maybe the rugby league has gone, well, didn't go their way in 87, didn't go their way last year. Well, here it goes. And the rugby league gods, as they call them, smile down on the Raiders and something goes your way. So, you know, all that to bear in mind uh, when you're watching tonight. All right. So, um, 87. Yeah. Anyway, Raiders go on to make the grand final. They lose to Manly. Uh, I think it was like 18-8 or something like that in what was uh, the last grand final ever. Um, at the SCG. And so I don't think, because we're not going to have, we'll, we'll, there was talk of, I guess if Homebush got knocked down, we we're going to have, um, Glenn Lazarus still didn't get in that Raiders side in the grand final. That's really hard to believe, isn't it? Like, I know he would have been young, but far out. It says something about the likes of like Sam Becker and Brent Todd. Um, I didn't realize Brent Todd was playing all the way back in 87 too. Um, and all, I guess I can know Kevin Walters was young too. I guess Jonathan Thurston played off the bench for the Bulldogs when they won it in. What was that? Was that oh? When was that? Oh four. So you know, I guess there's no, there's nothing wrong with Kevin Walters coming off the bench there, but it's just uh, sort of funny to look at that. Um, anyway, that's your history. Hope you enjoyed it, and just yeah, think you know tonight, you know, ghost of '87, you know, a bit of '87 just coming, coming back around. Uh, for the Raiders. All right, speaking of such things, uh, here's your preview for this week. And yeah, tonight, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be an absolute beauty of a game. I'm I'm, ex- I'm really looking forward to it. Like, uh, similar to last Friday, like last Friday, the, the Penrith Roosters game I was looking forward to the most. Uh, this one, I think I'm, I'm looking forward to the most as well. On Matty Johns' podcast, he said this. He said, uh, I think the Roosters are a better chance of winning this game, but the Raiders are a better chance of winning the competition. To which Paul Kent and Block were like, oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I mean, it sounded good. I don't really get it. Because if you can't win this game, how can you win the competition? But I think he's saying that if Canberra win, then they're a better chance of knocking off Melbourne. Um, which... I don't know. I don't know. But you know what? I'm not going to look to next week. I'm just going to look to, to, to this week and talk about now. I mean, 
Oh, it's so hard to tip against the Roosters. So hard to tip against them. It's just a matter if they're if they're out of legs, you know, out of legs and out of desire that everyone's sort of talking about. Um, I do think, you know, I I Tim mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I was the one that said this. Just uh, I said that um, you know teams like the All Blacks and the Diamonds, uh, the netball team, they aspire to greater things, uh, which is why they're so successful and then why they're the most successful sporting uh, teams in the Southern Hemisphere. That's something I said. Um, and I think the Roosters with um, Trent Robinson do that. I think Trent gets them to aspire to something greater than just winning. Uh, I think that's what makes Trent a really good coach. Um, you know, whereas you look at Ricky, you know, and he's really emotional, he's really passionate, and he, he's probably, you know, really wants them to compete, I guess. But, you know, it's different with Ricky because he's trying to get them to um, win their first comp in a long time. So, oh yeah, I, I just, what, where I was going to with, with, the, with the Roosters stuff and with Trent's coaching style uh, was just that I do think they aspire to something more. So, you know, it, it's easy to fall in the trap and go, oh, Dale Shearer was playing for Manly uh, in 87 fullback. I'll just take that down. Sorry, that's, um, did Shearer ever play for Ace? I think he might have. Um, what was I talking about? Yeah, Trent's coaching style with it. Yeah, it, it, trying to aspire to play something greater than just winning, be motivated than something other than just winning. Uh, I, I think they do that. And I think it's like that, their dynasty stuff or, you know, being, you know, creating history in their own history, uh, which which could spur them on. To, you just look at the team, like, and friend, like friend is everything. I wanted to this week say that whoever had the best dummy half was going to win. All right, and then we'll actually go on to win the competition. Because I was going to start to spiral into saying how important the dummy half is, which I believe it is. I believe it's the the most important uh, position on the field. And if you if you if you you've got a strong, sound dummy half, uh, ideally that can play eighty minutes and play eighty minutes well, then I think you're going to win the competition. And that's why Penrith are flying because Coruscant is playing eighty minutes for him. Because uh, because not only does it allow him to play really well? Does he? He does play 80 minutes, I'm sure. They've got Tyron May on the bench, but I'm sure Coruscant plays for the bulk of the game anyway. Um, it's not only the, the fact that he can do it so well and he's out there for the whole 80, but um, it allows another extra, you know, an extra player on your bench and that sort of stuff. Uh, and so I really wanted to snowball into, into saying that which would have led me to having to say the Roosters will definitely win. And then because I want to be right, obviously, when I make that prediction, I'd have to start going for the Roosters, which I don't think I want to do, all right? Because, I, you know, I would have said that, you know, Tommy Starling, he's a trier and he's a really good player. He's a good young bloke, but he's only got 16 games in him. He can't play the 80 minutes, so they've got to have another hooker on the bench with Havali, um, who's played a few more games. I get that, but, you know, he's not... He's not, you know, the same class as some of those other guys. And because of that, I would have said, well, it's the Roosters are going to win. And then and that's why, you know, it'll um, eventually be the Roosters. Uh, 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 no, sorry. It'll probably be the Storm versus Penrith in the grand final because Smith slightly out, out gets. Anyway, it would have, just I don't think it would have been great for my supporting. So I'm just going to say I'm not going to go down that road. Um, otherwise I'd find myself going for the roosters and I don't want to do that. So I'm, I'm going to say on the back of, um, 
I'm, I just think Whiten's going to have an absolute stormer of a game. And I think Bateman might actually come into his own. You know, I think he's been quiet by his own standards. And I think Canberra are going to win. Um, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to win 32-24. And we're going to be saying, well, just a couple of ghosts of 87. All right. 32-24 to the Raiders. Ghosts of 87. Saturday night. Para and the Rabbits. Well, I, I don't know. I mean, everyone is being so bloody unfair to Para, but it's because they carry on. You're Larry Paramatic. You're Larry on the field. Your fans are Larry off the field. Lippy, you know, like, just be a bit more likable. And, we, you know, we might, you know, you get so carried away with yourselves, you know, when you when you win a few games in the middle of the season and you, 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 you don't get it done at the back end. You know, that's been your problem since Ray Price left. It's been your issue, you know, and that's why it's hard to, to you know, want to like you. But, you know, I've said for, you, for your fans, I'm not going to, I'm not going to chastise you. I'm not going to jump on that. You've come third. Good on yous. But I'm liking what South are doing. I'm liking Cody Walker. I don't think I really, I don't know if I like Wayne or not as a coach. I, like, I don't know if I, I used to really like him when I was younger, probably, you know, less mature, less experienced, didn't really understand everything. Really liked him. It was all over Wayne, you know, got his, got, got his first book, Don't Die With The Music In You. Great book, you know. Um, you get a bit older and you start to see things for what they are and you start to think, well, Wayne, I don't know, mate. And, but it is very interesting to watch how he gets teams playing, you know. And the thing Wayne does, you know, with his sides, he's just, I think he just keeps everything so simple for them. And, and by doing that, he allows the natural talent to come out and he lets the natural talent take over. He just says, what does he say? Uh, good ball control, uh, good defense and playing for the guy next to you, won your footy games in, you know, bloody 1978 or whatever, and it'll win your footy games in 2020, you know? And he knows that if they get those three things right, it takes the pressure off everything else and he always gets the talented guys in his team and knows that, the, that, that, that that'll take over. Uh, so it's always fascinating to, to watch Wayne do that, particularly at the end of the year. Um, so part of me thinks, you know, I want to get behind Souths. You know, but historically, you know, as a Balmain fan, we hated Souths. South stitched us up in 1909. Bit of history there. Go and have a look. I've already done history this year, this week, but... You know, I like Walker. I like Reynolds. Love Johnson. I like Corey Allen. Someone's telling me he'd come down from Brisbane. I didn't know that. Is that is that true? I don't think he did. I think that was wrong, whoever said that. Anyway, um, I like Cam Murray. Cook, I like Cook. And it, you know... Want to go, well, if we're going to go to the Battle of Dummy Halves, Reid Marnie's having a good year and he's not a bad player. If I wanted to be condescending, I would have called him a good little player, but I'm not going to do that. I don't roll like that. I hate that. I hate when people say, oh, he's a good little player. It's fucking condescending thing you'll ever hear. Um, I think South will win. I think South will win. Uh, I'm going to say... 
what am I going to say? 28-26. I think it's going to be close. But Para can beat them up in the forwards. If if the Para forwards just come and go, we're going to smack them. I think that's where they have them. I think Souths are better in the backs, but Para are better in the forwards. Um, yeah. But South 28-26. And I guess we can have the fairy tale. The fairy tale can continue. And that would mean that Para go out in straight sets. Shit, that's another bloody phrase I hate this time of year. Oh, well, they're going out in straight sets, haven't they? I think it's more of an AFL thing. Like, I don't know if we hear the straight set stuff as much. Um, Oh, man, just sometimes with some Melbourne AFL chat, it can get so grim. Oh, well, Geelong are going to go out in straight sets, mate. Yeah, oh, love to see him out in straight sets. Oh, crikey, don't talk to me. Leave me alone with that stuff. Um, You know, and as all this is happening, well, Penrith and um, Buddy Melbourne are just looking for all of them bash them up, aren't they? Just bash each other, you know, sit back and watch them bash them. It's another bloody cliche. Funnily enough, I actually heard Brandon Smith say that um, during the week. So maybe the old, I oh, will just sit there and watch him, watch him get beat up and bash him up. And hopefully there's a couple of injuries. Maybe it's something I actually want to do. Uh, look, there's an hour. How does it happen? I mean, time flies when you're having fun, as they say. Because uh, I do have fun talking about the code. Now, look, okay, just one, just indulge me for one question. Because you like this. Um... Shoot, I've got to pull this up. Just bear with me for a sec. I've got to go back to round 20. The old phone's playing up. Uh, and Adrian Leung got in touch with me. And this is this is interesting. You guys are going to like this. Okay, so he called... He, he, he got in touch. He called me. He's a mate of mine. I don't know if he called me anyway. He didn't because he lives in England. But um, he talked about Hudson Young, all right, for the Raiders. Okay, and he says, he asked me something along the lines of, why, when the commentators call Canberra games, do they call Hudson Young by his full name? They don't ever just say Young. They have to say Hudson Young. He said, why do they only do it with him? Do they do it with other players? And I was like, yeah, that is interesting. And anyway, I found this out a couple of weeks ago, actually. I meant to put it up on the show. The weird thing was, was that when commentators call Young... Tonomapia for the Titans, they say young Tonomapia. They don't just say Tonomapia. It's something to do with the word young. I don't know if it's because like, what is young? Young's, uh, it's an adjective describing word. Yeah. Like, is it because it's an adjective? There's an adjective in there. They feel they have to put, like, it's something might be to do with the way they were taught English at school or something like that. You have to put another word with it. It can't just stay on its own. An adjective. I don't know. I don't even know if that's right. Um, But yeah, it's so weird. And then I started thinking, do they do that with with Dean Young? Or do they just go out out, out to Young? Young just, you know, elbowed Robbie Farrer in the the head and didn't, didn't get a penalty. Like, do they do that? Or is it... Do they always say Dean Young? Dean Young elbowed Robbie Farah in the head and got the got the set, not not the penalty of the Tigers in the preliminary final, like that sort of stuff. Craig Young, I don't know what he might have done, but you know, it's 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 strange. Did has anyone else picked that up? Um, and if so, does it happen with anyone else? Because I don't hear it happening with anyone else. Anyway, some food for thought. Enjoy your footy. Couple of ghosts of 87. Uh, You know, who knows what else might happen. But enjoy the footy over the weekend. And I shall see you on the hill next week. Thank you heaps for listening. Bye-bye.